Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, it's Friday. It's a fabulous Friday. Uh, I enjoy being on Fridays again. Uh, did iHeart for a while uh, before starting uh, this show on Wednesdays. Nothing wrong with Wednesdays. It was my job to get you past the hump and through, but I kind of like Fridays. Fridays, is, uh, it's, it's loosen up. Uh, let's let the necktie down. Let's, let's get a little funky. And I got to tell you something. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful weather day where you're at, uh, right here where I'm at in North Texas. It's about 62 degrees. It's a little crisp out. Uh, we had wind yesterday that would absolutely have frozen people, but you know, in our, in our state, many states, if you don't like the weather, hang around for a moment. It's absolutely gorgeous today. You are listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. Let's get a little housekeeping out of the way. If you want to follow on social media, um, I'm still on Twitter for a while. We'll see. I got nuked once. They nuked me again. I'm not coming back. So I had to get a different handle for them. It's at InfoEdge65. I go by the edge yeah kind of edgy isn't it uh on gab and getter which is where i think i will end up being permanently uh you can find me at dg yancy 65 on both of those as well i do have a parlor account i post on it i don't really follow anybody and i don't know how many followers i've got really don't keep up with it um there is the facebook but again i, I just ugh. i feel dirty when i use facebook and i kind of i'll be honest with you i, I feel like I feel like a coward when I'm using Twitter, to be honest with you. There are some things I like a little bit better about the platform in terms of usage than Gab and Getter in terms of mechanics, although Getter's getting there pretty quick. Um, but they still play a lot of games on Twitter, but uh, you can follow us there. Always go to the website, informationedge.net. That is a resource site. Obviously, talks about the show and lets you know how you can follow the show. But again, it's got uh, our advertisers. It's got the blog. It's got the government sites. That is a huge, huge resource site that we have. So if you want to find out well, what district am I in, you can go through there. If you want to find out, I'd like to know who runs the Energy Commission for my state, or I'd like to know who is on the Transportation Committee for my particular state. It, it's got that. I've got a bunch of them. So great resource site, uh, show topics, primary ones. It doesn't mean they're only the, the ones we're going to be expanding some of those. Um, and that'll be a part of today because there's some things that we're not normally covering on the show that we're going to get into. Part of it is just, just too important news. And then part of it's been some response to covering some of that news, but that's some housekeeping out of the way. So let's jump into some of the things that we do cover as a follow-up before we get to today's main topic. And that's the truckers, uh, convoy, the freedom convoy that's going up in Canada. You know, we had some fellows on a few weeks back that we're talking about the, uh, the Freedom Convoy that's about to start here in America in a few weeks. And I will tell you that's a follow-up to what's going on in Canada. And it's gotten down and dirty. Um, you know, Mr. Uh, Trudeau, or who I call, he's just a turd-o. Um, you know, he's went, he's went full Hitler. He's went full Hitler. You know, first, first he went and hid like a coward instead of coming out and facing him. And then he comes out and he says, well, it's just, 
it's just it's just a fringe party. It's just a fringe. It's just a fringe element. It's not going to do anything to anybody. Well, guess what? They shut down Ottawa. And they're not going around burning things down. This isn't the summer of, oh, my God, is that really love? Like we had in 2020 when Black Lives Matter and Antifa were burning down Democrat cities. Oh, no. What are these guys doing, these truckers? They got their kids out there. They're, they're dancing and cutting a rug and having a good time, but then they're, they're peacefully making a point. And Turdo, that's right, you heard me, Turdo, um, has went full Hitler, calling the Emergency Powers Act. He, 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 he doesn't have really a basis for that. Going after their money? I, I'm going I'm to let you guys in Canada in on a little something that you're getting a small taste of, okay? Um, you've got a lot of natural resources, but you got mm, weather that kind of hurts you getting to them. I've already heard the chatter among the trucking people when he did that. And he said, I'm going to go after their money. Let me tell you something. They can starve you out faster than you can hit those bank accounts. The trucking industry will boycott Canada. If you don't live financial punishment and if you don't lift the mandates do you hear me turd boy that's what's going to happen when you went for bank accounts you crossed the line they were just sitting up there and they're having a good time you know you got that bridge cleared out and there was no incident the truckers aren't going to do that but you're going after their money their insurance how freaking stupid are you turd bull I mean, do you honestly think you're going to win this? Because you're not. All you've got to do is in the vax mandates, in the mask mandate, and it's over. It's gone. Now what you've done is you have taken a hornet's nest that just had a few mad hornets, and you basically could, could stick, and you shook it up in there. You shook it up in there, and now you got them really pissed off. They will shut off the supply line to Canada, my friend. You will starve, and you will freeze before you win this. I hope somebody gets this message to him because this, this guy, I mean, and I don't know how they elect in, in Canada. You know, I've been heard because of the way it's done. This guy's kind of untouchable. I hope that's not the case because y'all need to get him out of there. But you know what I find is equally disturbing is his actions is a lack of basically condemnation from any Western government, including our own, including our own. I guess that means the outlaw Joe Biden agrees with his tactics, but I'll tell you who doesn't ever since that convoys went up to Canada, some interesting things have started happening because people have started to realize, you know, if we don't have trucks moving things, we don't have goods and services. That means we don't have, gasoline to move your cars um you don't have oh groceries i don't know fruits vegetables meats milk all that kind of stuff other goods and services you push folks the rail can only do so much the jets can only do so much the trucks have to move them and if they say well well we'll declare martial law we'll bring in the army and stuff let me tell you something the army while a fantastic logistical entity they do not have the necessary physical number of rigs. Now, why do I say that? We've been watching blue states. Now, all of a sudden, they're starting to drop these mandates left and right because they already know what's coming 
with the truck, the freedom convoy and truckers. It will happen here in the United States next month. And I would tell you, don't be panicky. Just load up on a few extra items because they're not going to be moving goods for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks. Can they shut down Washington, D.C. like they've done up in Canada, the way they've done Ottawa? Absolutely. Absolutely. The difference is um, there's more trucks to do it with here in the States than there are in Canada. And if Joe tries to declare martial law or confiscate, that would be a very, very bad thing. I think there would be bloodlet, and I don't want to see that. All these things that are happening on behalf of the truckers, by the way, they're, they're putting their freedoms in there, on the line for you. And they've got a lot of problems in their own sector, and they're setting those problems aside because they, want, they, they believe in freedom and the right to choose. They believe in sacrifice. So understand when this is, comes to Washington, D.C., as it will, because they want all mandates, all employer mandates, all hospital mandates. It's all got to go away, folks. Nobody has the right to tell you to put an experimental drug in your body. Nobody has the right to tell you to wear a mask, by the way. Okay. You gave up your right if you allowed them to tell you that. But nobody has the right to do that. We have the United States Constitution. I don't know the, what the Canadians have, but in the U.S., our U.S. Constitution has specific clauses against those things. That's why Joe lost in the courts. But they're going to do this to basically end all mandates. So watch for it. I would, I think it would be great if before that date, everybody goes, hey, we're done. We're done with the mandates and they don't have to roll. But it's coming. It's coming. I will have more on where you could go to donate in the following weeks as those sites come up, because I know I had a lot of interest in people said, you know, we'd like to donate to the cause. There's some sites that they're getting set up. They don't want to mess with GoFundMe. There's a new one that's come out, but there's, they're seeing some liberal attacks on it. So that's going through. So that's, that's an interesting thing that's out there that we want you to be a part of, but make no mistake. The freedom convoy is coming and, um, you, you know, Make sure your car's full of gas, maybe, you know, a few 10-gallon, a few five-gallon things around, a few extra loaves of bread, because, again, things might be, not be running for a few days. And I say that in reality because that's how serious this is. It's coming, okay? So don't be blindsided. Watch the website. Watch social media because I'm going to have more stuff coming out. And speaking of social media, and I've not had the opportunity to go out yet, um, Former president, or should we say president in exile, Donald J. Trump. Truth Social, his new site. I'm going to be signing up. I got to check some things out on it, signing up on that. Um, that platform could be Twitter's doom. Uh, I don't know about Gab and Getter because I think they've got a pretty good following right now. Twitter, I think, is going to be on its I – don't, I don't see Twitter around in 12 months, or at least I don't see Twitter around – in the same version of what we see today. I think they're just, you're going to have the conservative views are just going to, there's going to be a mass exodus because we're tired of people going in and deleting a thousand or 2000 followers. You got to rebuild it back up. And if you send a tweet out, are you sure you want to tweet it this way? When there's people out there just being, you know, I, I, I might use the word fecal matter, or I might say someone's a retard and sometimes there's retard. Oh, that, that could be against our policy. Don't, no, don't put that out there. And yet you got, 
people out there threatening lives and terrorists that can do things and uh, a president that's been exiled from it. It's a problem. So um, I think that's going to be interesting that comes out. And, and on that subject, boy, isn't it interesting how a conspiracy theory can become reality in some cases as short as 90 days. And this one took a little bit longer. Mr. Durham, you know, I, I thought he was gone when Trump was gone. I guess not. I don't understand how that works. And I really don't care if he's still out there and he's still digging. And apparently he's got a pickaxe um, with what was filed in the court or that was done this past week. Hillary's got problems. It's against the law to spy on a presidential candidate and to spy on a sitting president. And, and here's the thing, okay? Who helped them get to the servers? You know Durham's going to, they're either going to cut a deal or he's going to expose them. It had to be somebody inside Trump's campaign while he's a candidate. And it had to be somebody inside the Obama White House that had access to that stuff that passed on when Trump took over. And, you know, he said he was being spied on. And here's the thing that they hate about Donald J. Trump. Everything that this man says ends up coming true. And that is why he rents so much free space in the liberal kingdom of uh, thought processes. Because he says something, and they'll come out, oh, that's garbage. That's just and maybe not the same day, maybe not the same month. Heck, in this case, not even the same year. He ends up being vindicated time and time again. Now you've got Hillary Clinton, who I thought was a, a, finally a dinosaur that had been pushed to the dustbin of politics. Oh no. Now she's coming out and saying, Oh, hello. What they're, what they're putting out there with Mr. That's just not true. Well, we had already known that the steel dossier was fabricated. That had been established a couple of years back, which was paid for by her people. We already knew that was out there. So for her to come out and say, well, this is, this is, it's, I'm going to tell you something right now. There's people within her political little circle, probably former employees, friends, whatever. They got the brown squirts right now. They're having to change their underwear several times a day because they know somebody somewhere's got the goods on them. Why would she? Why look when you automatically come out with a defamation campaign? To, for someone from the U.S. Attorney's Office under Durham and say, oh, that's garbage. No, it's not. It's, it's called, a, there was enough evidence before that was out there. He, she, she should already be indicted on, on uh, multiple things. But this right here, there's no question. She needs to be indicted by a grand jury and bring her criminal fanny to trial. Wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall with her and Bill right now? You just know. You just know. 
Bill's over there going, I, I, I told you not to mess with him. Just why didn't you leave the man alone? Nobody likes you. You're old and ugly now. You're not young and pretty like when I met you. And, you know, she's going, to, well, if you just keep your business out of all everybody's business, we wouldn't have had to do this first. But, you know, it's just got to be absolutely phenomenal. I, it, it, I'd pay to listen to some of their conversations because they've just got to be hilarious. But right now, I mean, look, she got away with bleach bidding devices. She got away with lying about what happened in Benghazi. She lied. She got away with 33,000 emails in an email server that folks, if any one of us had done, we're all already in the who's gal. This is one of the primary problems that people have right now in government. And, and it's not, it's not exclusive by the way, to conservative people. There's a lot of liberal people that are going, you know, I got my, some of my leaders just doing things I can't believe because there's no accountability. We're not seeing people go to jail. We're not seeing people get shot. We're not seeing people get hung. And I'm sorry, something on some of these, on some of this stuff on grounds of treason should be punishable by lethal action. Now, I know they're not going to shoot them. I know they're not going to string them up. It'd probably be injection. But I'm, I'm just saying it's time that we take our country serious. And when you're trying to do things to take it down from within, that there's a price for that. Because if we don't have a price for that, then it simply says, well, you can continue to attempt or be successful in undermining our government and no one's going to do anything about it. Case in point, the 2020 election. They keep talking about, well, we, we need to, uh, there, there, nothing happened in the 2020 election. Yeah, it did. And I'm sad to say it was from both political parties. The Democrats hated Donald J. Trump. So do a lot of Republicans in office not in the voting electorate, in office. Why? Because he was going to expose and upset their little political apple carts. Folks, if you haven't figured out by now that the reason we have troops on the ground over by Ukraine has to do with Joe Biden's little monetary honey hole, then you are someone that has been asleep at the wheel. Ukraine is not part of NATO. We have a contractual obligato, 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 obligation to NATO. Ukraine is not in NATO. Now, you could say they're an ally, but realistically, NATO is supposed to handle these. We've got troops over there. I don't recall the president requesting them. I don't recall the president asking Congress. I don't recall the president saying, hey, we've got war. He just sent troops to the one place where there is documented evidence of the Biden family getting financial favors from the Ukrainian government. I'm not going to go back and relive the 2020 election when they were talking about all this stuff and, and our, our, the impeachment process, you know, Trump gets impeached for a, a phone call to Ukraine. 
he didn't do anything wrong. Turns out it was Biden that did it, but he's been let off scot-free. I mean, folks, Ukraine is the Biden family financial honey hole. Bodie, we're going to send... We're going to send in relief and all kinds of stuff. And by, by the way, be sure that Hunter gets a board position and be sure that we get these contracts. It's a slush fund, ladies and gentlemen. It is time that as the American people on both political sides of the aisle, that we demand a stop payment to all foreign aid. I mean, to every single Penny, I'd like to use an adjective, but we're keeping it clean on Voice America here. Folks, you, can't, you cannot show me where the money that we spend to go overseas is for anything other than a very elaborate money laundering scheme. I'm serious. I'm not saying that there's not... Something, you know, maybe there's some jets bought here and there's some stuff bought there. But look at the look at the politics of the people on both parties and in both houses of Congress, House of Representatives, Senate, who go in as paupers and come out multi multimillionaires. Stock is part of it. Absolutely, their needs, they, they don't need to be doing stock. But another is, folks, they're getting paid, they're getting kickbacks from all the foreign aid. It has to stop. First off, it everything needs to be America first. Why are we sending troops and, and, and talking about policy on Ukraine's border when we're getting invaded in Texas? Let me tell you what's happening right now in my state in the southern border. Uh, it's not in chaos. There's people coming over, and we got some things with our own border agents we got to stop. But I'm going to tell you something. Ranchers, they're killing people right now. There's bodies being buried on Texas ranchers because they know that federally there is no help, and we're stretched to what we can do on a state level. I know of six different ranchers who have uh, used lethal action against the people coming across their property. They didn't start out that way because, look, there's some soft hearts in Texas. Look, Texas and Mexico, we go a long ways back. Uh, we were part of Mexico at one time. We fought a war. We took it from them. They've been trying to take it back ever since. But, uh, look, Texas and Mexico, we, 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 we have a love relationship. We love one another. We don't want to hurt one another, but we want everybody to follow the rules, okay? And part of that is if someone comes across and, and they seem destitute. They, they want to lend a helping hand. They want to help them. And, and I know that's not legally right, but it does happen. But when that helping hand gets bit, when that helping hand gets to, I'm getting cattle shot, when that helping hand goes to houses being broken into, cars being broken into, because what, what's not being communicated, folks, President Trump said it best several years ago, we're not getting the best of the best that's coming in illegally. We have no idea of their criminal history. We have no idea of what diseases they're carrying. Oh, yes, and disease is a problem, okay? We also don't know that they're just coming from our southern friends. Folks, if you're a terrorist right now and you want to get into the United States, the easiest way is to come through the southern border. 
it's a substantial problem. And right now, there is war on the Texas range. There's ranchers and cattlemen. When these people come across, they're getting a 30-30 shot through their head. There's bodies being buried right now. You don't hear about it on the main media news because nobody wants to cover it. No one wants to talk about it. But I talk to, I've got people and talk with these ranchers. It does happen. And it's sad. They don't like doing this. But instead of the federal government doing its constitutional job, which, by the way, they have an obligation under the Constitution to do this. And if they don't, the governors or the state-run folks have an opportunity to step in. Governor Abbott's done. Look, I'm not going to say he's laying down on the job because that would not be inaccurate. But I'm also not going to say that he's using his full arsenal of resources to help secure our border. And part of the problem is, is he's not taking care of the Texas National Guard in the manner that he's responsible to take care of them. And I'm talking predominantly about pay. My own governor's not paying our guard properly. So how are they going to be able to go down if they can't feed their families? It's a problem. But instead of addressing this problem, we've got Biden and Harris going over to Ukraine where we must defend the Ukrainian border. What a load of horse scat. What a load of horse scat. And it's one that's, it's, I mean, everybody knows it's, it's just hollow. Why we have, okay, right now we have no NATO responsibilities. So the only other reason he can be there is protect his financial interest. And he's going to protect that financial interest with American sons and daughters and American blood. How much longer are we going to tolerate an outlaw like Joe Biden? How much longer before the United States citizenry starts wearing out Congress? And I'm talking predominantly right now about the Democrat side who have absolutely abdicated their responsibility and blow up their phones and their emails to put this man on notice to actually put together and impeach him for actual crimes. This is where the Democrat Party in the House has abdicated their responsibility. And this is where everybody has now a duty to wear those Democrat House representatives out. Now, I'm not talking violence. I'm not talking you call them up and cuss them out. But you do apply even pressure. Constant emails, constant calls. When are you folks going to impeach Joe Biden? And, and Folks, I've done, I've done shows on the crimes he's committed. Go back to those shows. Have that handy. He's done this, this. What are you going to impeach him? Right now, it should be every U.S. citizen's responsibility to call every member of the House of Representatives every day. If we only had 5% of that, it would melt the phone lines in D.C., and Joe Biden would be removed from office because folks, he does not aside from the legitimacy issues. He's committed crimes. None more obvious than what's happening on our border right now. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. You're listening to the information edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. I'm your host. We're going to pay a few bills, get a little iced tea, and we'll be right back. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5789. That's 1-866-472-5789. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge podcast. I am your host, Darren Yancey. Before we get into... Um, the issue on guns, which was today's topic. I got a little off base. I do want to cover one more thing. Um, there was an article that came out by the Federalist this week by Elaine Donnelly. And the title was, why is the right betting the constitution on an article five convention? And I read it and I thought, I, I, I thought this woman had more brains than this. And her theory was if leftists can rig elections, they certainly can rig a constitutional convention. This would be a major disaster. Okay, and, I, and on my Gab page, I have the Convention of States website pinned there. I've had a show on them. I will probably have another one just because of this retarded article. Um, the way an Article 5 convention works is if you have a majority of states, which I believe would be the 34, 36, I apologize for not having the exact number, of states that, and the way it works is you have to have the, the exact same wording filed with every one of your state legislatures in both houses. It must be, it cannot have any differential, and that's why the convention states have been working so hard. And once you have that, then effectively, uh, Congress is put on notice that we're taking over to clean house. Now, everybody says, well, it's a, it's a constitutional convention. No, it's not. Okay. Article 5 within 
the Constitution allows them to go over and effectively take back Congress to pass bills that they can come together on. Now, the reason I bring this up, because you, you, it's not, there's not enough red states anymore. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there would have been. Today, there are not enough red states because we've had some, really, I, I think we have what's, what I would call political, uh, I don't want to use the word gerrymandering, but really political segregation where there's been shifts you know, in the, in the country where we're going to have to have some of our brothers in the blue states join with our brothers and sisters in the red states to have an Article 5 constitutional convention. And they would only be able to pass what they could come together on. They cannot pass a change in the Constitution because a constitutional change is, has to be put forth by Congress and then approved by two-thirds of the states. That's a constitutional change. That is not what an Article 5 convention is. Article 5 convention is, let's say we want to go in and pass a balanced budget amendment. Or let's say we want to go in and say you have a, you have to do budgets from zero base uh, budgeting. In other words, you don't just get last year's in. You have to, every year you got to justify. Uh, we want to go in and put together a reduction of deficit bill. Or we want term limits built. In other words, it's got to be something that both sides could come together on. And I think those topics right there that I threw out, they could come together. Border security would be another one. I think you could get enough people to come together. We might not agree on everything, but I think we agree on border security. And those are things that they can say, we're going to have enough here. We're passing it. It's going to become law. Boom. Because Congress, you're not doing your job. If they want to do something like, say, change um, Article 16, take away income taxes, they can propose it, pass it, but it still has to go back to the states to be ratified as a constitutional amendment. So, Miss Donnelly, all due respect, you're a great writer. That was a it was a totally terrible article. Uh, I know the John Birch Society and Eagles say, oh, well, they can go and change. No, they can't. No, they cannot. Okay? Article 5 is put there to take back Congress and give it to the people. So if they're not doing their proper supervisory duties over judicial, executive, people can take it back. That's why it's there. Hold up, read your pocket constitution. So I had to address that because I, I when that article came out, I, I I just almost vomited. It was one of those you just go, really? Did we did, did you really pin that? Did you really think before you pin that and i i think she just absolutely blew it what i want to go over today was something that happened a couple of days ago and i just you need to have the full story behind it but there's going to be ramifications here and there okay everybody remembers the sandy hook massacre um that happened in 2012 it was, it was a horrible day horrible thing um young man got hold of a uh, ar rifle and semi-automatic rifle and, and kill people. Bottom line, that's what happened. Several families sued the Remington Arms Company that made the particular model, saying that they, you know, they, they marketed, they marketed assault rifle to everybody and to mentally ill people. Well, no, they don't. Okay. Now I will give some full disclosure here. Uh, my wife and I have been doing R and D for a number of years on several things, and we've got three different federal firearms licenses: one for manufacturing, one for uh, export import export and another is a dealer 
And we've been in R&D phase for some things that we want to roll out. So when I when I give you what I'm saying here, I'm I'm giving you not just opinion, but as a licensee, a federal firearms licensee. And I know what I'm telling you is be fact on certain things. OK, the fact is no gun manufacturer sells their guns directly to the public. They don't. They sell it to dealers who, in turn, they sell it to the public. The manufacturer has absolutely zero control of who ends up with their weapons. Absolutely zero. That is a fact. Now, what they tried to do in this particular case, and listen, they, 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 actually, they succeeded, but I'm going to tell you a little bit more why they succeeded, is they want to say, well, you may not sell direct, but your marketing in certain magazines appeals to somebody so they will go to the deal. Okay, the reality is a gun shoots. It's got certain things um, that holds no more water than when Dodge shows a commercial of people driving fast and smoking their wheels, and we're appealing to oh, the hot driver inside of you. Our Nissan comes out and says, you know, let's, let's take the 380 ZX and go do 200 miles an hour. Our, our Mazda was zoom, zoom. Every car company in their performance division appeals to the performance side. How many hundreds of thousands, well, no, how many millions of people have been killed by performance cars? Millions. We, they're, they're all over there. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's out there. So the problem with what's just happened with Sandy Hook, there's been a settlement. 73 million Remington arms has settled. Now, at first you go, well, that's only going to affect the gun industry. No, 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 no. It's designed to, because they said, well, we want to put the gun industry on notice and the insurance industry on notice and the banking, those that prop them up. And blah, blah, blah. There's got to be some changes here. Well, there's a little more to it than this, but it, it is going to have some problems. The problems are going to be that the states that want to protect these industries will continue to protect them. And those that don't, they will leave them. And ultimately, if there's no place in the United States, they will simply go to another country. And those country citizens, they will reap the benefits of the manufacturing and the products, profits. That's all that this suit will do. It will not make one iota of difference in how guns made how it's marketed or how it's sold it's going to boil down to what states want to protect it and what states don't you're going to find more will do that than, than more than don't the challenge has been when you throw out when a manufacturer is now held liable for something where they ultimately they built a product they have a distribution system they sell it to the distribution system the distribution system then sells it to the final end user and you make the manufacturer responsible for the final end users use of that product ladies and gentlemen you've just created a liability nightmare that caused us to lose manufacturing in the first place back in the late 70s and the 80s when it was going out in droves People seem to forget we were the greatest manufacturing country on the nation. And the reason that it started to change, the reason 
unions started losing jobs. The reason those blue collar jobs went away, the reason that a lot of those jobs that helped build the middle class went away was because of plaintiff's lawyers. Because they would sue at the drop of a hat. Well, you did this and you did this. And all those, those judgments and lawsuits took their toll where ultimately these corporations said, screw this. I'm going to take my product and I'm going to build it in a jurisdiction that you can't touch. And then I'm going to build a different shell corporation around the world to bring it back in. So if something does happen, you still can't touch us. And we'll make our profits and pay our taxes in another domain because you idiots would rather make lawyers rich. And that's what happened. Reagan was able to stifle some of it, but the reality was the 70s, mass exodus. We got some of it back in the 80s after he went out. Mass exodus again. NAFTA being one of the worst out there. But, I mean, the reality was our liability laws had more to do with it than anything else because the amount of insurance that had to be carried, the cost of the insurance, a manufacturer could not compete with foreign entities. Now, why couldn't they compete? I just mentioned one cost. The other was our Congresses were afraid to use the ability of taxation through tariffs to protect the industries. They said, well, we're just not going to do that. Now, look, we have a free market economy, and I don't want it to not be a free market economy. But I also want America first. I want them to protect us. If we've got to have some insane liability laws that cost more, then I want those industries protected. They didn't protect them. Nor will they do it now. We have so many people in the U.S. House of Representatives, in the U.S. Senate, on both the Democrat and Republican side that are owned by China. It is vomitous. It is vomitous. So what's happened is Remington Arms has given $73 million to these families. That is an admission of liability. The other arms manufacturers are going to go, hmm, we need to look at the states that we're operating in. One of the, the, the state had a problem. That was one of the problems where Remington was at. Now, let me tell you some information that most of us don't know about because we don't pay attention to it. You see, when this started happening in 2012 and lawsuits started coming and all the legal maneuverings, it started draining the cash out of Remington Arms. Bottom line is the arms business is not a high profit business. It's a volume business. Okay. You don't make an ungodly amount of money on weapons or ammo or anything. You just sell volumes of it. Okay. Well, if you're not selling volumes of it, then you have cash flow problems. Well, as these legal challenges continue to mount, and as our governments didn't step in and provide protections as they should have, in this case, they should have. No, they didn't want it because you got to look at since 2012, who's been the dominant party in power? The Democrats. Okay. You've had Democrat administrations. Now, yes, you're about, you, you started taking the House and Senate back in 2014, but you still had a Democrat president, so you weren't going to get any laws. Basically, from 2016 to 2018 we is the only time in the last decade where we've had Republican control, and they squandered it. They squandered it. So the arms industry is at risk. Part of the reason we've not launched certain things on our side is the research was done, but the capital wasn't there. So we've waited. And others will wait as well, or you take things overseas. See, the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, 
right now gun control groups are there. Oh my God, we we got them, we got them, we can go after them now. Anytime anybody gets shot somewhere that we're not happy with, we're going to come after you. Well, guess what? There's going to be states that are going to draw a line in the sand. They're going to put laws in place. Well, no, you're not. And ultimately, there's going to be somebody on this planet that will say, come on in. We'll give you legal liability exemption. Ladies and gentlemen, the pharmacy industry kills more people with experimental drugs than the gun sector. <laughs> and the automobile. And again, I'm not I'm not hammering on the automobile industry. Cars have killed more people than guns for decades, decades. And ladies and gentlemen, there's over 100 million people with over 300 million guns. If we were a problem, you would know it. But to finish the story on Sandy Hook, as they started having legal problems and cash flow problems, their stock prices dove and they became vulnerable for takeover. And guess who bought them out about four years ago? Former Nazi. Uh, he's not a former. He still is a Nazi. General scumbag and fecal matter slime of the earth, George Soros now owns and controls Remington Arms. <gasps> you didn't know that, did you? And about that time is when Remington Arms started offering settlements. You see, if you offer a settlement, that's, look, you can say what you want. It's, a, it's an admission of liability. It happened after Soros took over. The reason they settled this, I'm not convinced if it went to court under cool, clear minds that it was going to win because the bottom line, the manufacturer is not that they didn't arm the young man that went in and, and made the shootings. If he'd have went in with a homemade potato gun and loaded it with God knows what, it would have the same results. Remington Arms did not do that. But Mr. Soros who's got billions. What's 73 million to try to take down the gun sector? It's a bump in the road. It's a speeding ticket. And that's one of the reasons why Remington Arms settled. The blowback from this, it's not just going to be in the gun sector. If you make jet skis, and how do you advertise jet skis? You advertise jet skis by showing people on the water, going fast, having a great time. And there's all kinds of disclaimers. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Guess what? In the gun industry, there is one too. Have been for decades. You buy this gun. They want this. They want this slide lock. You know, we're not responsible for this. But I mean, all kinds of disclaimers. Jet skis have them. Do you think people die on jet skis? Of course they do. Get some nut out there. It gets a little bit, get sauced a little bit. Or you get someone that's uh, inexperienced or someone whose testosterone level just doesn't know how to control. And, and they go and they hit the throttle and it goes from zero to 70 on water. And they go make a turn and they're dead. Is Polaris responsible for that? Is their dealer responsible for that? 
the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to see the insurance companies are going to go, mm, okay, uh, we didn't see that. We don't want to be liable. So they're going to come out with changes in policies, exclusions, additional what they call endorsements, which is a special coverage. If you want it, you pay for it, and you usually pay through it through your nose. Um, that'll be where it'll start. Then what will happen is the manufacturers and the dealers will have you. I mean, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to come to anything that you start buying that could potentially hurt you. Lawnmowers, trimmers, chainsaws, jet skis, automobiles, planes, anything that could potentially reach up, bite you or put you in the grave. You're going to start seeing disclaimers out the wazoo of paperwork that you're going to have to sign off on. That's the first phase. The second phase is, well, depending on what that's going to cost in the policies, is going to be price increases. You see, if it costs too much and you can't buy it, then you don't have that vice. That's another way of, to, to have gun control. The other idiots in Congress step in and say, well, we're going to put we're going to put a safety tax on these volatile industries that could hurt people. You want to you, like the smoking. Okay. Look, I'm not a fan of smoking, but if you want to smoke yourself to death, by all means do so. Same thing. If you want to drink yourself to death, I go do it. But they put, they, they have, those are called sin tax. You're sinning brother. You're drinking, you're smoking, you're using things that you shouldn't be using. It's sinful. Well, the challenge with sin taxes, you could say the same thing about other industries. It's a sin to own a gun. It's a sin to drive a fast car. Oh, brother, you're on that jet ski. It's a sin. We're going to do a sin tax. Or you have the business people say, hey, look, you know, it's a safety tax. But that, that's another thing that will be done to inhibit your freedoms. The last thing is the loss of the manufacturing base in the United States. Understand, these products are not going to go away, okay? There's a demand for them. People are going to want them. Maybe less people can afford them. But it's going to be there. It's going to be there. Now, the question is whether or not the U.S. economy has benefits from the jobs and the taxes it pays as a productive sector of America. Or does it go to Mexico or maybe to Canada or maybe someplace in the Caribbean or maybe someplace on another continent? You see, that's one of the reasons China became a superpower is through manufacturing. Oh, oh, yeah. What was the other? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, slave labor. That was it. Slave labor. Yeah. Slave labor for the manufacturing is why they started putting out all the stuff. Our government basically gave them the green light because they felt it was more important to hand money to plaintiff's lawyers than to sit down and go, hey, we need to talk with our manufacturing sector and let's do some smart things. But if you've got a distribution channel that's going through, your manufacturers... Now, that's different than if they use the gun and the gun in the use blows up and blows half their face off. Manufacturers, by the way, have strict liability on that. They cannot get out of that. And I happen to agree with it. If a plane you're on falls out of the sky because that Rolls-Royce motor 
went bad, they have ultimate liability. If you're driving a car and the motor blows up due to manufacturer's defect and kills half your family, they have strict liability. Don't have a problem with that. That's, that's a manufacturing issue. It's not a marketing issue. This is a very slippery slope here, ladies and gentlemen. But you need to understand the motivation behind it. This is the, this is the, this is the gun control crazies wanting every way in to get gun control. And George Soros bought him a, basically bought him a settlement. This is not a, this is not a jury award. Okay, keep that in mind. It's a settlement, but it's a liability. They're admitting liability. So it's a problem. So what can you do to make a difference? Well, part of it, we got to wait and see a little bit. We got to wait and see which one of the gun nuts um, comes out and says, well, we need to, we need to make a change to the second amendment. That's where it'll start. And when it does, we'll be one of the first ones on this program to effectively come out and say, it's time to start calling these people. It's time to start calling in the support. We're heading towards a, a line in the sand where they want to take guns. And there's only reason they want to take guns is to take control of your freedoms. Can't happen. What's happened with that lawsuit was wrong. Doesn't mean it wasn't a tragedy that happened in Sandy Hook. It was a tragedy. And unfortunately, the only person that was responsible was the one that pulled the trigger. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. And we have to get common sense away from the gun nuts to the citizens. Again, over 100 million people own guns, over 300 million guns. If we were the problem, <laughs> my friends, you would know about it. Well, it looks like we're about out of time for today. I know I uh, got a little long on some other messages, but I hope it helped you out, gave you some information, because what I try to do every week, uh, I want to be informative, hopefully educational, hopefully entertaining, because I'm going to be back next week with another message. And until then, I want you to have a great rest of your day. Have a fantastic weekend. And despite all of our problems, we still live in the greatest country on God's green earth. Have a great weekend, folks. This is Darren Yancey for the Information Edge. Talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program.